church sing, all the earth will shout your praise. Let his people sing it. Come on, sing. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, his bones will sing. Take praise. Sing it. Are you, Lord? Oh, we declare it from the depth of our heart. We say, and all the earth will. Come on. Sing it out. Great. 
just cannot begin to express how awesome you are, how magnificent your grace is, how abounding your love is for us. But it's what we have to offer you this morning, Heavenly Father. We offer it up as praise offering to you that you would hear our voice, that you would hear our praise, that you would hear our heart, Heavenly Father, that you would know that we believe that you are worthy of all honor and all glory and all praise. Heavenly Father, you have been so good. You have done so many awesome things for all of the people in this place, for the people online and, and their families and their families. And we just thank you for that, Heavenly Father. We thank you for all the good things that you have done, for all the healings in this place that are happening right now. Bodies being restored and renewed by the power of Jesus Christ. People laying in the hospital right now that are crying out to you, Heavenly Father. We proclaim your mercy and your healing over those bodies because we know that you are stronger than that. There are people broken with other chains, carried down with other chains. They be financial or, or addiction or, or other kinds of things, Heavenly Father. We proclaim freedom over those chains right now in Jesus' name. And yesterday we had this big day about praying for our nation. I pray for this nation because your power is greater. This is a, a nation that believes in you, that proclaims that you are God. And we proclaim your grace and power over this nation and over this state and over this city and over this church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Welcome to Holy Ground. Let's give him praise because he deserves it. Amen. Amen. He is so worthy of our praise, church. He is so worthy. Would you turn to someone and say, I'm so glad to see you in the house of the Lord today. Good morning, New Beginnings Church. How are we doing this morning? We're doing great. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Man, well, just before, well, church, before we get started with anything else this morning, we got a couple of quick announcements for you guys. My name is David Sanchez. I'm the youth minister here at New Beginnings Church. My name is AJ Cully. I'm your worship leader as well as your young adults minister. And we got just a couple of things going on in the life of New Beginnings Church that we want you to stay up to date on. There's so many things constantly happening, so many opportunities to serve and to get involved, and we don't want you to miss a single opportunity. And so first and foremost, baptism service is going to be next Sunday. I am so excited. Sunday the 30th church after second service uh, is when we are having baptisms, and it is, it's always my favorite Sunday Absolutely. of the month, man, because we get to see people from all walks of life baptized into the family of faith. 
understand. It's beautiful, beautiful that it happens as often as it does here at New Beginnings Church. And so whether you just gave your life to Christ or whether you just made a rededication or whether you've you know, you've been meeting to get baptized for a while. It's been, you know, a couple of weeks, and then, you know, suddenly those weeks became months, became years, and stuff like that. We get it. And so there's plenty of ways to sign up for baptism. AJ, how do we sign up? Most definitely. So right behind me, there's going to be a QR code that you can scan. And that's going to take you to a digital form of our welcome card, our greeting card. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you could write your information right there. There's a little check mark with a ton of other boxes. <clears throat> Pardon me. I am so sorry. And you can just mark, I want to get baptized, and then your information, and then our front offices will follow up with you later on this week to get you uh, started in that. And you can also, if that's not the way to go, we have our physical welcome cards as well that are outside, and you can just drop it in the boxes uh, on your way out today, or you can call our main offices as well, and then register online. Absolutely. So if you are ready for baptism next week, we are ready for you. You don't want to miss that. But also, just as a reminder, we always give an opportunity to get baptized that day, even if you've not been signed up. We got robes for you. We got towels for you. So be here after second service for baptism next Sunday. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Definitely. Um, We've been talking about it for a little bit now. We had a missions trip planned to Clagato, Arizona to do an outreach over there with a ministry that we partner with, that we've been partnering for years. Um, Just a reminder, or in case you haven't heard yet, unfortunately, that trip has been canceled. The pastor out there, uh, Maureen Woodman, underwent into some very serious medical condition and unfortunately was able to, uh, we had to cancel that. Um, So it's canceled, but keep that ministry, keep that church in your guys' prayer because they are very secluded out there in Arizona. There's nothing around them, and they're fighting. They're still fighting for the kingdom of God. So let's continue to pray for them as, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And church, I wanted to give a quick reminder, uh, a quick update on things that are happening with youth camp. Of, Of course, we know youth camp is May 29th through June 2nd this year, and we are so excited for that. As of now, we've got about 71 students registered, and that's just from New Beginnings Church alone. 71 kids are going to hear the gospel at Bonita Park this summer, not including the kids from Esperanza Viva and from Clovis that will be coming also. We are so excited for it. However, we wanted to let you know that registration is now closed for youth summer camp. Uh, However, you can still make payments with me at the desk right over there or through the online portal that you have access to through your email. So we wanted to give you those updates real quick. If you have any more questions about camp, anything uh, that you want to know, comments, concerns, stuff like that, you can reach out to me. I will be at the desk right outside of the youth area right after service and after second service as well. Most definitely. And church, we just want to say thank you on behalf of the leadership here at New Beginnings Church and uh, all of you and all the ministries and missionaries that we support None of it would be possible without your tithing and your giving. So we want to say thank you for being good stewards of the Lord. Um, if you want to give today, there's a few options that you can do that. David, how can we do that? Oh, man, we got so many options. For one, when you walked in, if you notice at every corner of the sanctuary, those are, there's this fancy little black box that looks like it belongs in an antique shop. I love it. These are the coolest things <laughs> I've ever seen, man. You can just drop your envelope straight into that. We have all the envelopes just outside of the doors right there on either side. Or if you're, you know, trying to keep up with technology as the kids do nowadays, we have text to give. We have NBCABQ.com forward slash give. We have an app also called NBCABQ. You can download that. And not only can you give through that, you can keep up with sermon notes and so much more. 
and all of our online platforms for giving. They're fast, they're safe, they're secure. All the info should be right up on the screen right behind me. And so there are plenty of ways to give here at New Beginnings Church. And so with all that, we want to say thank you so much, church. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for being here, whether you're in person or online now. Won't you help us welcome our senior pastor to the pulpit this morning? What a tremendous joy to be in the house of God. Amen? God is so amazingly good. He spoils us. We had uh, two conferences this weekend. Uh, There was a ladies' conference, a women's conference, and I understand it was phenomenal that they really, really were blessed and really impacted with the the presence of God. And then we had an all-day, a 12-hour conference yesterday, and it was... uh, What is God saying to New Mexico? What is he saying to the nation? What is he saying to the world? And we had representatives from all over the world and all over the nation and all over the state. And it was really, really amazing. So thank all of you for your support on those events. We have been partnering with a ministry in Zambia, Africa for the past 10 years. Uh, Bob Pearson uh, was a pastor in the Church of God for many years, and then he became the state minister's pastor for Southern California, oversaw 85 churches, and it was just an amazing time, and that's when I got to know Bob really well, because we were planting churches, and I was planting a bunch of Spanish-speaking congregations throughout Southern California at the time, and uh, and then he became the, the national Uh, general director for the whole Church of God and served in that capacity. And then God called him to start Horizon International. And it's a ministry that has orphanages in five countries throughout the continent of Africa. We have partnered with him for Zambia. We helped build a dorm there for them. We send support. And we've had the kids from Africa came one time, and they danced and ministered to us. And it gives me great joy and great pleasure to introduce to you our brother, our friend, Bob Pearson. Would you give it up for Bob? Thank you. Bless you, Bob. Thank you, Rich. Thank you very much. Good morning, church. What an honor it is to be back in this setting, a congregation that I knew about in the very, very beginning, back in the early 1980s. I've been a friend of this ministry through your pastor and his lovely wife, and and I think of you often, and I thank you for our partnership. This is a, a special year for me in ministry because it marks the 50th year of my life that I've devoted to full-time Christian service for the Lord. Fifty years. When I think of that, I think, how is that possible? Where did all the years go? And I know your pastor's saying the same thing because he's known me almost that long. Pretty amazing. It seems like yesterday that... I was a 
freshman in college and was given the opportunity at 18 years of age to be a youth pastor of a Wesleyan church in Seattle. Just a year later, I was called to be the associate pastor of what used to be called the Woodland Park Church of God in Seattle. And, um, and that year, I received my ministerial license for the Church of God from the Western Washington Ministerial Association of the Church of God. Several years later, I was ordained in my first church in Corona, California, a district that I later led. And uh, every pastor in the last 50 years of that church's history were there to celebrate my ordination. Seems like yesterday. When I think about the last 50 years, I think about a lot of roles and responsibilities that I've carried. I was a youth pastor and, as I mentioned, an associate pastor and adult curriculum editor, or what my friends used to call adult corruption editor, at Warner Press, our Church of God publishing house in Anderson, Indiana. I've been the lead pastor of three of our congregations. I've served as the area administrator of the Church of God in Southern California and Southern Nevada. I've, I was the first, the pioneering general director of the Church of God that established Church of God ministries, and I served as the head of the World Conference and World Forum, over 8,500 congregations of our fellowship, of which New Beginnings is one in some 92 or three countries of the world. I don't share that to focus on me, but I do share it to share a matter of perspective. But before I share that perspective, there are so many blessings that I've experienced across these 50 years of walking in partnership with the Lord. I, would, I wouldn't repeat all of those blessings for you, or we would be here until you're conducting my funeral. But I can tell you that I would do it all, both the ups and the downs, because it's never been without the presence of the Lord in my life. And one of the great things along the way is that I met thousands of people who became lifelong friends, and one of those couples are Richard and his lovely wife, Cindy. You know, they've just celebrated, and you celebrated in grand style, their 40th anniversary as your pastor. And, and you know that it, this is the second Sunday back from hip replacement surgery, and you can never give a guy with that kind of a track record enough love. Would you give them a standing ovation? So very well-deserved, Rich. I honor you, my friend. Thank you. And so I thank you for the awesome privilege of being in your platform and your pulpit this morning. I don't take that lightly. And a few weeks ago, I was praying and on my knees and asking God for a fresh anointing and direction for what to share with you this morning. And he gave me some of the most well-known passages of Scripture in the Bible. Passages that we've read so many times that we really sometimes don't hear their impact anymore. 
The first is Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, what we call Jesus' great commandments. The second is Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, what we call Jesus' great commission to his church. And the third is an extension of the greatest commandment and the greatest commission, James chapter 1, verse 27, that talks about orphan care. Would you pray with me this morning that we won't just hear familiar passages and dismiss them. Will you pray with me that God will descend with a fresh anointing this morning? Would you pray that this isn't going to be a normal Sunday? Would you pray that God's glory, the visible manifestation of his presence, his purpose, and his power among his people, will you pray that God's glory will descend from heaven itself so that this place becomes his earthly dwelling? Would you pray with me this morning? Oh God, we are nothing without you. And yet with you we are everything. And so Lord, instruct us Speak to us, mold us, and transform us as clay in your hands. And Lord, may we leave this place knowing we have met you, because great and holy are you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we ask. Amen. Let's read those famous words of Jesus called the greatest commandments. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. In response to a question from a learned Pharisee, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor, as yourself, for all the laws and the prophets reside in these two commandments. These are some of the most precious and awesome words ever spoken or written across centuries and millennia of human history. How, though, can we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind? How can we love our neighbors well if we don't love us, ourselves? I mentioned that I've known thousands of people as a pastor, thousands of people as a servant, thousands of fellow ministers giving their lives away. The greatest struggle I've seen those I've known in ministry across the years that they bear are the things that result because they have not yet learned to love themselves. The greatest reason why we struggle with a low self-esteem, the greatest reason why we get hooked into destructive and addictive behaviors the greatest reason why so many Christians have occasional suicidal thoughts is because we haven't learned to love, especially ourselves. 
longtime friend of mine, Dr. Tom Needham, established the School of Psychology at Azusa Pacific University in Southern California. He later went on and became the Associate Dean of the School of Psychology at Fuller Theological Seminary, what then was in Pasadena, what now is in Pomona. Tom was sharing with me one day that the greatest struggle that his doctoral candidates in psychology, clinical psychology, that they faced to prepare for their lifetime of counseling was the fact that they, some of them had to learn through intense inner work how to love themselves. He said the greatest obstacle that the people who come to him for counseling over 40 years of ministry have had to learn is how to love themselves. He gave all of that up and started a company that eventually took him to work with companies emerging in China years ago. Tom's thesis for his company was an emotionally healthy CEO equals an emotionally healthy business. We can say the same thing about churches. An emotionally healthy congregation is defined by an emotionally healthy pastor. comes down to the issue of do we love ourselves? And most of us, many of us, are still struggling. And then we hear this great commandment, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And for many of us, because we haven't learned to love ourselves, it only heaps more guilt upon us because we don't know how to love. And then that spirals into fear and all of the cascading damaged emotions that result with that. I would contend that all of the shootings that are happening in our country, including the one yesterday in Washington State, is a result of people who have not learned to love themselves well. Can anyone relate this morning? Can anyone relate? Now, I can't solve all of those issues this morning that may take years of counseling to do, but what I can do is help you make a theological shift that will open the door with the right kind of helping so that you can learn to love yourself. I've heard so many sermons from this text that haven't been Jesus-centered in the preaching. I've heard so many Christians who have been taught in an unhealthy way. You see, when Many in the body of Christ read this passage. We assume that we're supposed to love God first. Then we're supposed to love our neighbors. That means everybody else. And then we're supposed to love ourselves. That's the pecking order of love. Have you been taught that at times? And the problem with that is 
that after we give ourselves away to everybody else, we have little energy left to love ourselves. My contention is, if we don't know how to love ourselves, we don't have the capacity to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, let alone our neighbors out of the overflow. You see, to the degree that we learn to love ourselves well, which means taking care of us, to that degree we are able to surrender our lives and lay them down in loving Christian service to the Lord. Some of the most powerful questions I've asked myself is, do I have to give up me to be loved by God? Do I have to give up me to be loved by my spouse? Do I have to give up me to be loved by my my child, my daughter? Do I have to give up me to be loved by those who are close to me? Do I have to give up me to be loved by you? And for many in the body of Christ, the answer is yes. But notice what this passage says. Love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't say after your after. You're after. It doesn't mean that you're to exclude yourself, but some people say that because, and rightfully so, they say we've been called to be servants of Jesus and that we are to lay down our lives in loving Christian service. And so we sacrifice to the point that we're not loving ourselves well. Can anybody relate? Let me answer that issue. Yes, Jesus was the master servant. But Jesus chose to be a servant from a position of power. When he washed the feet of Peter, he did so as the Son of God. He didn't surrender his divinity. When he chose to lay down his life in loving Christian service when they were nailing those spikes through his palms to that wooden cross for your sin and for mine, for our brokenness together and the brokenness of all of the creation of the universe. When Jesus laid down his life, he did so in the full knowledge that he could call 10,000 angels to rescue him. He was able to lay down his life as a victor instead of being victimized. It was a conscious choice that he made because he knew how to love himself. And it was out of that space of learning to love himself that he surrendered his life for you and for me. There's a big difference between being a servant from a position of power and being everybody's doormat over which you walk. And so when we're called to be servants of the Most High King, we have a choice to make. Are we going to give everything else away so we don't have the capacity to love ourselves? 
Or are we going to take care of ourselves so that we increase our capacity to follow Jesus' greatest commandments? The question is left to us. We're called to love. Perhaps you've never heard this kind of teaching before. I don't know. But I'm telling you to reevaluate how you've chosen to love yourself because that's the clue and the basis of your ability to love God and love others by biblical standards. Amen? Let's move to the second text this morning. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, where Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. All authority has been given to me, heaven and on earth. Rich and I had the privilege of hearing a wonderful speaker of the Church of God in many settings across the years, a man by the name of Dr. Maurice Burquist. He passed some 25 years ago on mission in southern India. One year when I was a teenager in the state of Oregon, I went to the Oregon camp meeting every summer that we used to call a convention and of the Church of God in Oregon and Southwest Washington. And I attended a missions conference as a sophomore in high school, and I heard Dr. Burquist share the message that day. He got up with his big black Bible, put it on the platform, and Daryl Marvel was sitting in the front row. I'll never forget it, Rich. And he turned to this passage, and he read it, and then he looked at all of us, and he said, Jesus said, go. Then he closed his Bible, and he sat down. You could have heard a pin drop in that place. We're all sitting there. You could think of all the thoughts that are being thought. I drove all of this way to hear this guy get up there and say, go. We all sat there thinking, okay, is that all there is? And of course, he had primed us with those thoughts by his action. And so he stood back up and he opened his Bible again and he said, perhaps some of you missed what I said. Jesus said, go. Closed his Bible, sat down again. And there's this uncomfortable set of several minutes as we don't know whether we're supposed to get up because the service is over, (laughs) or if it's because he's a showman, whether he's going to continue. Well, he did. He stood up and he preached for 45 minutes. But I got to tell you, I've thought a lot about that message over the years. I can't remember a single other thing he said in those 45 minutes, but I can tell you, I remember that one-word sermon of Jesus when Morris Burquist said, go. And for the last 50 years, I've been going. 
I've traveled the world. I've worked cross-culturally in so many different cultures, I can't even begin to remember all the languages. I've preached in large and small congregations, congregations of thousands and congregations of six to eight or ten people. I've led pastors' conference for hundreds and thousands of pastors of all different denominational communions that I can even, more than I can even possibly list up here today. I don't even know all the countries that I've traveled in and ministered in my lifetime. And for the last 23 years, I've had the great honor of recognizing that God gets his work done through the marginalized of our world. I share that not to point attention to me, but to say to you that I've learned something or two about what it means to go. For instance, I've learned that going has more to do about being than it does doing. I've learned that going has more to do about a frame of mind than it does an activity. I've learned that going has a whole lot more to do about one's mentality, one's outlook, and one's perspective than it does about getting on an airplane and going to some place you don't want to be. Some of the most effective missionaries I've ever known in my life have never left their homes. It's because we can, mow, we can go and make disciples of all, of all nations on our knees as intercessory prayer warriors. We can go and make disciples of all nations through a card ministry, a phone ministry, a social media ministry. We can go and make disciples of all nations by the way that we manage what God gives us. We can go and make disciples of all nations by supporting a local congregation's ministry. All sorts of things. Yes, all of us are called to go, but not all of us are called to leave and go somewhere. But some of us are. And one such couple are a couple by the name of Callan and Lucy Silwamba, our project managers. Their pictures will appear on the screen in just a moment. Our project managers in four rural provinces or districts of the the area leading from the capital city of Lusaka to the eastern province of a Central African country by the name of Zambia. Who are these people? For 10 years, they were missionaries of Operation Mobilization. They were placed in Muslim villages on the northern shores of Lake Tanganyika in northern Zambia. They began through child evangelism to lead Muslim children to Christ. Many of their friends, when they saw their living conditions, said, How can you do this to your children? And then there were all of the pushbacks from fundamental Muslim extremists who were operating in the area because they were threatened by how many Christian churches were being planted. Your congregation every month supports their salary with $200. Seven or eight years ago, they felt led 
to leave their Muslim ministry and join our team to become the leaders of of Children's Club coordination. And so today, because of their efforts and your funding, 13 Children's Club involving hundreds of kids have been founded in Changwe District. And in the next one, Rafunza, a, a solely tribal chief donated 250 acres of land, and there's a 250-member Children's Club there today. 30 miles to the east, is the place where your congregation partners with us. For years, we had six children's clubs there involving hundreds of orphan children, 30 of whom are sponsored by families in this church. In the, in the last four months, an additional four children's clubs have been established in that district on the Zambian-Mozambican border. Callan and Lucy Sowamba have learned what it means to love as they go and to go as they love. Move with me, however, to the third passage of Scripture that is an extension of the greatest commandment and the greatest commission. James chapter 1, verse 27. This passage was written by the literal blood brother of Jesus, a man by the name of James. Imagine growing up, playing with your brothers and sisters in a little rural village called Nazareth. And then recognizing later that people are calling him the Messiah. But James witnessed the crucifixion and witnessed the resurrection and became one of the most practical writers of the New Testament as he remembered all of those years of growing up with his brother Jesus. This is what he says. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. True religion, looking after orphans in their distress, loving as we go and going as we love in a practical way. Do you know that for $40 a month, you can look after an orphan in his or her distress. For $40 a month, you can provide food, clothing, education, and basic health care to a child who has no hope until you decide to help. A few years ago, we brought our Kiosa Kids Choir here. They're famous in the United States. They've sung in the largest churches in America. And we got 32 kids sponsored, 28 of whom are still sponsored seven years later. That's the most remarkable track record I have in our arsenal of partner congregations. You're the leader in percentage, which says that when people in this congregation take something seriously, they stick with it. 
My brothers and sisters, I'm so grateful for you. It's time for some of you to go to Africa and meet these kids. What do you think? What do you think? Your pastor asked about that last night, so I'm not hanging over an edge of a cliff right now. But we have 67 other children. Some have been orphaned for more than two years. They can't go to school. Their clothes are getting old because their parents have died. They struggle every day to figure out where they're going to eat, and some of them haven't made it. The ones on the table are still alive. They need your help, and they need mine. They're desperate. And through helping them, we're offering them the hope of Jesus. Loving, going, committing. $40 a month. Do you know, I was once known in the Church of God for my leadership development and church revitalization and church planting. One of my pastors in Southern California is here today as part of your church, Marlene Safira. Marlene, would you raise your hand? She shocked me this morning when she walked in, and I saw this lady that I haven't seen for a long, long time, but boy, did we have a track record in Southern California years ago. But I'm here to tell you that orphan care through child sponsorship is the most effective evangelism and discipleship strategy on the continent of Africa today. More leaders have been raised up, more churches have been revitalized, and more congregations have been planted through orphan care these last 23 years and all combined during the years when I did it full-time in America. Today, there are 2,500 congregations on the African continent that partner with us. Many of them were established, revitalized, but many of them have been planted through orphan care ministry. And when you step out and sponsor a child for $40 a month, you are not only helping a child in a humanitarian way, but they are part of a children's club that becomes a nucleus for a new church plant. And this church is all about planting new congregations of believers. Wouldn't it be incredible if all 47 children from Nyimba District on those tables out there and the 20 behind them, 30 miles away in Rafunza District, wouldn't it be incredible if all of them became sponsored this morning? I can tell you the glory of God, the visible manifestation of his presence, power, and purpose among his people would indeed descend if that happens. And you can be a conduit. Will you pray with me this morning? Lord, thank you for loving us so well that we are empowered to learn to love ourselves. 
Thank you, Lord, that you're in the capacity enhancement business. And that by learning to love ourselves, we're able to go with all the power of your Holy Spirit, even if we don't leave our homes. Lord, in the loving and the going assignments, we have an opportunity to be practical this morning and to love a child well so that they can someday go in your name. Lord, hear our hearts of desire and surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be sitting here saying, I don't have the resources to do this. Like I said, this is my 50th year in ministry, and I want to just share one of the most incredible observations I've, I've ever observed. It's not the rich that get God's work done very often. It's the one who gives her widow's might. You know, the number one group who supports our children are people who are living only on Social Security. Because in 2008, 2009, when the meltdown happened, Rich, they were the ones who called crying, saying, I don't want to give up my child. I've given up everything else. Pray that I'll be able to keep my child. So if you're sitting here this morning saying, I don't have the resources, just remember that God always uses the marginalized to introduce us to people who are more marginalized. And by our deploying what little God has given to us, there is the source of our capacity to learn to love ourselves. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Guys, I don't know if you heard what Bob said, but seven years ago, we sponsored 28 children. And you're continuing to keep those children sponsored. Thank you. I hope that today we'll be able to do even more. Bob, um, you and I were talking last night about a ministry and a summer camp. Summer camp's real big for us. 41 years ago, I led my first summer camp. We've been doing 41 years of summer camps. And Bob was telling me that they do a summer camp. And they bring all the Church of God congregations from Zambia and all the orphans from the orphanages, and they bring them to the summer camp. Bob, what are some of the things that take place at summer camp? Well, we we teach them about the gospel, Christ. We help them grow. And until COVID shut us down for a couple of years, the three years prior to COVID, we baptized 120 kids through the summer camp. This year, if we receive $7,000, we're going to be able to have 300 of those kids come back for the first summer camp after COVID. And many of those kids that will come, they have to be a certain age to come, for obvious reasons, but they're going to be the kids that this congregation sponsors. 
And how many days are they at that camp? They're going to be there four days, Rich, four and days. three nights. Three nights and four days. I, I don't know how much we'll be able to take up today, but it would be phenomenal if our church could sponsor the summer camp this year. It's $7,000. And I pray that today you would be generous. We're going to be passing offering buckets, and we want to pray over Bob and over this offering. So, Father, thank you again for Bob and the ministry of Horizon International. Thank you for the five countries that they're in in Africa. But, Lord, thank you for Zambia that we are connected to. I pray blessing over Bob, his leadership, and all the staff that are ministering to these broken lives. We pray blessing over this offering and all those that give, whether they're here in the sanctuary or online. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Bob, why don't you make it out to the table? They'll have a chance to go meet you and go sponsor a child. If you're writing out a check, just make it to New Beginnings. Put it on there um, to uh, Zambia. And uh, this offering is going to go completely to them. We're going to believe God to do something really amazing and really supernatural through our congregation as he has many, many times. And we're so grateful for that. Uh, when you sponsor a child, I'll never forget when I went to Africa, I got to meet some of the kids we were sponsoring to see the television and see how you could sponsor a child. But to be sponsoring a child and then go halfway around the world and you literally meet that kid, it was like, wow, this is for real. <laughs> and it was really impactful to see what we were doing how we were feeding them and clothing them, educating them, providing shelter for them. So many things that $40 a month does. Uh, that's like two cups of coffee a week. If you give up two cups of coffee a week, you can sponsor a child. I would encourage you to pray about it and think about it and to sponsor a child and to see what God is doing. We're believing that God is going to continue to work through our congregation not only around this city, but around the world. We're believing that God is raising up great, great ministers within our congregation to do that ministry. We can go to Zambia. And I asked Bob, can we go there? And he said, yes, there's going to be a work, a, a ministry work camp at that camp next year. And he said to be able to go to Zambia all your airline, all your hotel, all your food, everything taken care of for that ministry week is about $3,500. So we're going to be looking into it to see how many of us would be able to go and to be able to minister there in Zambia. It would be an amazing time. It would be a glorious time to expand your world and expand their world. We thank you so much for your continued faithfulness your giving, and just uh, how generous this congregation is because we are not a rich people, but I'll tell you what, we are very wealthy in the things that God has given us. Amen? So would you stand with me? And Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing here at New Beginnings Church and through New Beginnings Church. 
Father, we're so grateful for how you work supernaturally. And Father God, how you have raised up a congregation that knows how to reach the broken lives of our community. We're healing and restoring lives through the love of Jesus Christ. And might we do that till the day you come. And I pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You're dismissed to go serve Jesus. We love you, church. God bless you.